Welcome to Max Storm Business Coaching for the Health and Fitness Professional Podcast, where you will hear and learn tips, tricks, and marketing secrets that will allow you to build your business from ordinary to extraordinary. Visit us at maxstormcoaching.com. Now, here's your host. Welcome back to Max Storm Coaching. I'm Ashley Mazurik. And today we had a question earlier about wondering how to deal with clients that are extroverts versus introverts. And so we're thankful that anybody who has any comments or they have any questions regarding a certain topic, to please go to maxstormcoaching.com and you can scroll down and you can list any questions that you have or any topics that you would like discussed and we can go into those. So thank you for this question. It's a interesting topic and it's a one that's super important in our industry because we deal with all types of people and part of part of having successful training with certain types of people is that we that we can camouflage ourselves change on a dime as to as to meet the needs to any particular client. I know that I've experienced this uh, for a while and where I fit into extrovert versus introvert is very, is very good to know so that you can acclimate to your climate client. For an example, I had a, just recently I had a client talk about his wife that needed training and she sent him to a practitioner and that particular particular practitioner I know is very much extroverted and he said that it didn't quite work out that well that she didn't want to work with him anymore and my guess is that she was probably very introverted and got turned off by the fact that he was probably too extroverted for her so there's a really good book that I learned a lot about this several years ago when I started noticing in my own practice that when I was working with clients, I started to change, like my energy started to mesh with their theirs, and I found myself using words that I wouldn't normally use to fit more their type of personality. In other words, this particular client was uh, very educated, very intellectual, very introverted. And I found myself pulling down and using larger words, um, which I normally wouldn't do because a lot of the terms that we use can be too educational or they can be hard to understand. And it was interesting that I was using all this and, and he grasped the information and loved it. And then the very next client that I worked with, I found myself using more like third and fourth grade level words, and it was very appropriate for her level. And all around, it was it was successful coaching for me. And I found a book right after that, which I love how this happens when I seek a, or have a question about how things are working or what's going on. I immediately am guided to a particular book that always tends to have those answers. And it was a book by the name of Frequency by Penny Pierce. And she talks all about that, about allowing your energy to kind of mesh with the person that you're with and and you can kind of acclimate and be that type of energy that they need. We're going to need to do a two-part series for this because 
there's much to know about this. And the next part will have to do specifically about the body and about the elements of nature and how we connect with people. But today we're going to talk specifically about what extroverts are, what introverts are, and kind of how they work. And so let's have some fun and talk about this for a little bit. Extroverts, obviously, we're going to go first because they typically like to be first. They prefer action over reflection. So they're very action-oriented. They are typically going to be your quicker sell type people. Um, they're going to be, they're going to want an appointment immediately. They're going to want to know when their next appointment is. And so they act more quickly without thinking. So you know where we're going to go with it, introvert. But so let's stay with extroverts. And so the next extrovert quality is they prefer to communicate by talking. So they talk in order to form their ideas. They're very um, auditory. So you might get a lot of communication out of them. And and so for that, what I would recommend is that you allow them to continue to keep talking. And for me, what I oftentimes do if I'm not quite getting what they're saying is after they're done, I would say, so what I'm guessing you're saying is that you need or want or you've experienced this. And then they can tell you if you've heard correctly. But it's really important that we give them enough time to express themselves so that we can fully understand what their needs and wants are. So in that regard, in an assessment, we may do more talking than doing. And if you're like me, I'm sort of more action-oriented. So I want to dig right into the assessment figure out what's going right away. And so for me, I might in the beginning of it, if they're talking a lot, I might say we've got two hour block window for this assessment. I want to hear all of what you've got to say. Um, But I also want to get to the assessment. So the more we talk through this, which is great because I'm clarifying your needs and wants, but we also need to get to the assessment. If we don't finish today, we'll need to come back for another additional hour or two to complete the assessment process. And so for there, that gives them the opportunity, empowers them to make the decision. And so, and, and oftentimes when I actually get into the assessment, you know, I'll, they'll ask me what I'm doing, why I'm doing it. And I'll have to oftentimes be very blunt and honest and say, we've got lots of tests we're going to do. The more we talk about it, the less I'm going to get done. And purely, you don't have to take that approach. That's my approach. That's just my honesty of, of letting them know where we're at, and where we've got to go. And we've got a lot of things to get done. And the more we talk, the less we do. And that's fine. Um, but there's, there's a point in time where assessments and me getting the knowledge I need to determine what's going on with them is going to need to take some precedence at time at some time. And we can do this over a four hour period or we can do this over a two hour period. So I'm, I'm always for being open and honest with our, 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 our clients, because at the end of the day, this is their time and they're paying for it. Okay, so next, um, they learn best, these are extroverts, they learn best through doing 
or discussing. They like to experience something and to actually into actually understanding it. So in that regard, I would use a lot of models. I might use charts and um, anatomy charts I have in my office to help them understand and we discuss and so they can see and then they can hold. And that way they're, they're in complete satisfaction with this session. They typically are more sociable and expressive, which is good. We love the expression. We love them communicating with us so we can really understand how to best please them. And also know that the social aspect is important as well. Like you might have a client that comes in and in the beginning, uh, like I have several of these clients, in the beginning five or 10 minutes of the session, they like to talk about what I did, how the kid's doing, and then we vice versa, share that with them and we get that over with. And then we can move into the nuts and bolts of what really needs to play take place in our session. But that's important for them to do in the beginning. And it may be just their their ability to connect with us, that that's important for for them to connect socially, and that's okay too. Um, Next for extroverts, they enjoy working in groups. So these types of people like the gym atmosphere. They like a lot of people around. Um, unlike the introvert, will would really like quiet space. So they like a private room. They like to be able to unfold themselves in privacy with not a lot of people around. So oftentimes I've got practitioners who don't have private spaces or offices, and I ask them, how do you necessarily deal with types of people that are introverts that don't like a lot of people around and their responses, quite frankly, they schedule these types of people in off times um, when there's not a lot of people around where they can do an assessment where nobody is watching. And that really serves those types of introverted people versus you could do that with an extrovert. They don't mind people watching and people listening. Next, an extrovert talks out loud to sort through their ideas, and they may not actually have a point to what they're saying, and that's okay because that's their processing. And, and for us, it's it, we need to be patient. And so, again, like I said before, if that's happening, for me to kind of dig through what's what's actually the point of what they're saying, I will, in my in the space that they've given me, clarify. So what you're saying is this. So I know exactly what their point is. And again, they might, they might not even know, but for me to understand and get on the same page with them, clarify your thoughts, clarify what you heard them saying. Next for an extrovert, they communicate freely with anyone about themselves. So they tend to be less guarded with emotions. Therefore, they tend to be less intense. So to know that that will be then the opposite for the introverts that we'll get to in just a moment. Then we have an extrovert that perfuses 
prefers to communicate on the telephone or in person. So they're not likely to send email and texts. These are the type of people that I would pick up the phone more often. And do you see how it's real important in our dialogue, either in a consultation or assessment, that we get really clear about who we're dealing with so that we can ultimately serve them best? I know that I had uh, many years ago, I stumbled on it in an example when I was working with a client that I found myself changing in a particular session with a client. And typically I'll, I'll take the language and the terms that we use and dumb them down a little bit because, you know, clients don't understand physiology and they don't necessarily understand all about the body. So when I speak of diaphragmatic or I speak of transverse abdominis and I speak of integration, I clearly try to get them to understand that through using different words that they might understand. And one particular client came in very educated on his body, had been in pain for many years and had done a lot of his own education. And so I found myself using very large words that he understand fully, which I was really surprised. And he would communicate back with those larger words and, and the communicative understanding was very, very well fit. But at being aware of what I was doing, I, I was surprised that I was using those words and we were communing, communicating so well. And then after that session, I ended up working with another lady back to back and I found myself using words that were on that second, third grade level that really fit her very well. And she was communicating the same way. And so in these particular instances, I find with myself I oftentimes, when I have questions about, wow, that's interesting how that happened, I'll end up reading a book very soon afterwards that explained exactly the process of what I was going through. And that particular book, if you're interested, was titled Frequency by a lady named Penny Pierce. And I really recommend it if you're interested in this kind of stuff. She clearly stated what was going on. Okay, and then getting back. So extroverts, they prefer getting input from as many people as possible. So they like that communication from his, um, that, that input, the output. So in that regard, what I would suggest is if you have referrals that you could offer to them that would offer accolades to what you do and the processes that you take, I would give them a couple of names and numbers that they could talk to that have worked within the past that really validate the work that you do. Next, um, they adjust to change very easily, these extroverts. So what that means to me is when you when you offer change in a, into an extrovert, especially in in particular to offering a program, when you go into an advanced level or we call it an ascension program, we ascend to the next level, these types of people will adapt to that change very easily. The whole program and exercises can be completely different and it's a new process of learning that they welcome. Introverts typically won't. 
I might typically in a new program for an introvert, give them two or three of the same exercises, but with a variation of ascension, but not make the whole entire program completely different that can, if you've experienced with clients long enough, you know those introverts can get very frazzled when they have to learn a bunch of new information and make a, a such a radical change. So that's what I would recommend for introverts and extroverts. Um, And lastly, extroverts, they love accolades. So like thank yous, um, warm and publicly. So for that type of person, if they were walking in my into the gym, I might say, wow, you look fantastic. And, you know, you're doing so great. And, you know, in that, in the midst of a, you know, a, a whole entire gym where people are around an introvert, I would take them in the office, close the door. And I would say, you look fantastic. You know, your body shaping up. You look like you're losing weight. Tell me how you're feeling. So that make it in a more of a private setting for those poor little introverts that might get, you know, might get embarrassed um, in, a, in a big gym with lots of people overhearing and viewing that. Introverts prefer reflection over action. So they might need a little bit of time to understand what you're, what you're offering. They might need to think about it for, for a little bit. They're not going to be the extroverts where they're going to be the quick sell. They're going to want to start tomorrow. They're want to go ahead and buy a package that day. Um, they may take, they may not even actually take action at all. And that's fine too. And that's where it leads us back to Jator's little discussion about why he oftentimes will pay for or have the person pay for a consultation because nothing might not even lead to that consultation with an introvert. They might need to talk about it and decide not to take an action. And so to, to take worthy and value of your time, it may be that decision to charge for your consultations for the introversions that may not do anything. At the same time, if we've got the introverts, they've, we've got a package and they are working with you, just know they may be a little bit slower in their progress. We might give them some things that they can do on their own that will help them progress, but just know that we won't give them a list of 10 things. We might not give them a list of five things. We might just give them one thing to do and know that with an expectation of giving them something to do, they may not even actually do that. And that's fine. That's our that's the growth of the coach to take on the, the next level of our own patients. But at the same time, for me, it offers an opportunity for coaching. It offers an opportunity to dig deeper into what their barriers and their saboteur might be creating for their lack of success. Next, for an introvert, they, they prefer to communicate in writing. So they form their ideas in order to talk. So emails and texts, you might get a lot of those, but you might get them versus on a phone call via lots of emails and texts. And that's something that we need to consider when dealing with an introvert and knowing that we offer our texts, we offer our emails to them so that they can process this, this, this change that they're going through. 
So next, an introvert learns best through their mental practice and their own reflection. Um, They like to understand something before they actually experience it. So an extrovert, we might not give a bunch of handouts. We might not give them a bunch of websites and a bunch of information to research online. We might we might allow ourselves to communicate to our introverts and then allow them to digest that over a period of time. They might take notes um, and then review those notes over over the time before our next session and then offer them for questions later versus in that that current session, um, which allows them time to reflect on the process that we've created for them thus far. Next, for an introvert, they're private and they're very contained. So we honor that introversion. We have our private room or we offer them a time where no one else is in the gym so that they can feel comfortable because they're uncomfortable with too many people watching them and too many people being around in their atmosphere that takes them out of their comfort zone. Next for an introvert, they enjoy working alone or in pairs. So they're not your typical boot camp participant. These are the people that like our service with one-on-one. And if you offer classes, we know that the classes are going to be great for our extroverts. We might start out with them working one-on-one to get them through their, their adjustments that they need to get them into a healthy state of balance and alignment or in a pain-free zone. And then we allow them to go free into offering the next level, which could be your classes or it could be a boot camp class that they've they've already participated in that they want to eventually get back to. In the introvert, they think things through before actually speaking. And so that's fine. So a lot of a, a lot of questions from us may not be the appropriate thing for an introvert. We might need to give them some time and space before we inundate them for how are they feeling? Why are they feeling that? What's going on? Uh, give them time to process all this information. And then I always end the session with saying, I want you to go through and feel for this and allow for space to this. And when you come back next time, I'm going to ask you how you felt, what you felt when you were doing these exercises or as you were going through this nutrition process and these couple of changes, what was inside of you? What was the feeling? What was the emotion that was a processing And, you know, I'm working with a client like that that struggles. She's very analytical. She's very much in her head. And she understands that now. And it's taken, you know, 10, well, eight to 10 sessions now to to really get it and really give me the feedback that I was looking for. And I didn't rush that process. I let her know that this takes time. And for her, she's going to slowly move out of her head and move into her body, which is going to be a helpful process by the end of our package. And she's getting there beautifully. And I love her progress. And I love that she's out of her head and she's more into her body now. Because at the end of the day, the the process of success with all of this is being able to feel what our bodies signals what they're trying to tell us. And that that goes across the board with everything, whether it's 
physical pain, whether it's mental pain, whether it's emotional pain, and in particular to nutritional counseling. Nutrition Nutrition isn't just about getting a diet, isn't it about eating certain food groups, isn't it about counting calories. It's about feeling what your body needs and wants from nutrition to make you clear, to make you make you mentally um, uh, astute to what's going on uh, so that you don't have brain fog, so that your mental processes um, come from a place of clear understanding. And then what your body needs as a, as a form of nutrition or is it a form of addictions? So that's a nutrition is a very mental emotional issue. It's not so much of a, a, as a physical but we need to listen to the physical signs and symptoms so that we can be successful in the end. Next, with an introvert, openly talk about themselves with people they know and trust. So introverts, we're going to need to establish as a coach, as a practitioner, that rapport that integrity, that non-judgmental support so that they can feel comfortable opening up to us, which takes time. And so it's really important for us to establish that. And if they know that we're judging them, and if we, as a coach, start telling them, you need to do this, you shouldn't do that, that is judgment. And so what what I really want to make clear here is Coaching is very much a technique and a skill that we acquire through our own sense of learning unconditional love for ourselves first and then others. Because to the degree that you judge others, you judge self. And so if we're judging others, they don't feel comfortable and so they're they're going to put us on a pedestal that we don't want to be on. What I mean by that is if clients are putting you on a pedestal because they know that there's judgment in the air, then they're not going to tell you those those deep, dark secrets or those, those things that they're doing to sabotage themselves that we really need to know in order to move to them to the next level because they're afraid they're going to be judged by us. And that's not good coaching. We want to, we want to make sure that the coaching process allows every aspect of them to be open and honest so that we can get them through the process of understanding what we need to do, what they need to do to help themselves. So my again, my point is that we don't tell them what to do. We listen to them. We understand where they're, where they're kind of going in the wrong direction and we offer suggestions. Offering suggestions allows the ego to not abort any kind of sabotage mechanism that we give them because the ego will always support autonomy. And if it's us telling them what to do, then they've lost that autonomy. So we allow them by giving them modifications, giving them suggestions, allows them to empower themselves to make the decision that we ultimately wanted to say, but we don't say. And so if they make the decision on their own, they are successful, they reap the power, and it becomes a new lifestyle for change. Okay, so they prefer to communicate in writing um, via the email exchange. Um, so an email exchange, text, always good for the introverts, which we've, we've talked about before. 
And when, when we talked about introverts, um, they, they tend to be more reserved with their emotions, which unlike the extroverts, introverts, believe it or not, are more intense and passionate. Um, so play on that ability to uh, deal with your emotions, allowing the trust and the integrity for you to um, create that support, which will allow them to unleash the emotions that they're feeling. And I'm, I'm, I'm very big about honesty in my sessions. So I'm always asking them what I can do to help them, what their expectations are of me. I want to hear that. I want them to be open and honest. Do they feel, feel like this process is working? I want rather than me say, oh, wow, you look great. Oh, look, you're losing weight. I want them to also say, how do you feel like you're, you're getting rewards. How do you feel your successes in this process? So it's important for them to say it. It's for important for them to recognize the success in this program. So later on down the line, we can document that. And if they ever have a bad day and it becomes sort of this pointing finger thing, we can go over the things and remind them what they've said in the past that's, that represents their success. Um, introverts, um, they prefer one-on-one conversations versus group meetings. Okay, so they're the they're the perfect candidate for one-on-one sessions slash personal training um, um, versus the group-oriented type classes. Um, they 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 are obviously great for us um, because they prefer that and we love the one-on-one to individually help them. Um, Introverts, they may find sudden changes um, disconcerting, um, which we talked about the program design aspect of these particular clients. So extroverts don't mind a full-fledged ascension program with every exercise being different. An introvert, Like I said, we want to slowly move them into the ascension phase. So we might take an exercise. Yes, ascend it. Definitely make it a little bit harder. But they still recognize the roots of that exercise. And every exercise can be descended and ascended. It's just having that creative ability to do that. So keep the same exercise, just change a little bit of the variables um, for the introverts. And lastly, introverts, they don't like being in the spotlight. Um, They're not the person that you're going to, they walk in and give them all these kudos, why other people around for them to recognize that. Um, So I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't you know, say anything around people. Again, close the door and give all their accolades in the private setting. Now, you're kind of getting an idea of, well, are you an extrovert? Are you an introvert? Well, me personally, if I use myself, I find myself, yeah, I'm a little bit of an extrovert uh, and I do a little bit of an introvert things. I find myself, uh, and we can recognize this, as, as as they call it, ambiverts. And so ambiverts are in the middle. They're not too much of either. And if they get too much of either, they're often dissatisfied. And so in other words, 
I'll give myself an example. I do have an extroverted side. I do have an introverted side. And I find that when I'm when I'm in my element, especially with teaching, um, that's my that's the sole aspect of who I am. I am a teacher, and so when I'm a teacher, I'm an I'm a true extrovert. And oftentimes, people will say you you seem very outgoing, very uh, extroverted, and. But there's the other side of me, my personality side, that is very much an introvert. So I, I oftentimes extroverts may see me as an introvert in a certain atmosphere I'm in, and then introverts might see me as an extrovert. So it, it all depends on what you're doing and, and, and whether or not you're in your purpose is what I'm going to use the word purpose. When you're doing your purpose in life, you are very much shining. You're very much the extrovert. But then when I teach too much, I find myself in a dissatisfying position where I then go into a hermit stage where my, my, the person of who I am needs that balance. So I tend to hermit myself into my introversion until I get a nice balance of teaching and then working with clients and then reading books and studying and being by myself. That satisfies both ends. And really life, isn't it just all about um, having that balance in our life? And to understand how to serve us and balance, we have to understand who we are and what we represent. So that's what I would offer if you've if you've now taken this information and you're like, whoa, where, where do I sit? No, there's pieces and parts of you that probably represent both. And if you feel like you're right down the middle, then you might be representative of an ambivert. And so know that an introvert typically holds down positive feelings and extrovert shows lots of positive feelings. So they, the, the ambivert demonstrates some positive feelings and sometimes holds down positive feelings. So very interesting that we, we get in tuned. And then once we're in tuned with who we are and we understand what each of them mean, then we can understand our clients very easily. So within the first five minutes of body language, of, ex, of vocal expression and dialogue, you can have a I would even say 30 seconds, you could have a handle on who and what type of person you're dealing with. And once you know that, it's our jobs to camouflage into what they are going to need in this session of an hour or two or whatever it is, so that we establish that connection, that rapport, that integrity, that support. You know, they'll know whether they can work with you or this isn't a good fit for them. And so for every person to be a good fit in our coaching, We've got to we've got to make our own changes within ourselves, and sometimes that can be stressful, and sometimes it's it's not. The more you do it, and the more you understand, the more you practice it, the more you have compassion for understanding individual people, the easier it will become. That's going to be the end of this part one of our discussion on introverts and extroverts. We are going to have a part two. It's going to talk about the natures and elements. We're going to talk about the air element people. We're going to talk about the earth element people. We're going to talk about 
um, the water types, um, and how these particular people, what they represent and how they're different and how the physiology of what they look like can be different and how we can adjust in ourselves to meet their needs. I want to thank you for being on the call today. Again, sharing your space and time with MaxStorm.coaching or MaxStormCoaching.com, I should say. Um, Come back for part two. Again, if you have any questions or comments, you can always go on the website and give us your feedback. We always love hearing it. We're here to serve you guys. Again, we're all on this earth to love and help people. So thanks and have a great rest Thank of your you day. Thank you for listening to the Max Storm Business Coaching Podcast. Please subscribe to the show on iTunes. 